Shoemate the Third here, and welcome back to another episode of Strange Places. This podcast is bought, brought to you. I can't even talk today. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor and DistroKid. Now, where are we going today? Well, based on the title, you can probably figure that out. We're going to the North Atlantic. Today, we're going to be looking at the Bermuda Triangle. The Bermuda Triangle is an imaginary triangular area on the western part of the North Atlantic where many ships sailing through it or planes flying over it had allegedly disappeared mysteriously over the past centuries. The imaginary Bermuda Triangle is located off the southeastern coast of the U.S. Three Corners, Miami, San Juan and Puerto Rico, Bermuda. Big old triangle. So why... Tackle this one, huh? Well, apart from being one of the most famous mysteries of all time, why is it considered a mythological area? Because uh, there's no official map that shows the boundaries of the triangle or indicates the location of the exact area. In fact, the U.S. Board of uh, Geographic Names and the U.S. Navy do not even recognize an area called the Bermuda Triangle, which shouldn't even be counted into the evidence because why would they? (laughs) Our government recognizing something paranormal? I don't know. But it all started by, uh, we'll just be honest, it was all started by authors who were novelists. And uh, that needs to be taken into account. The mystery was initially uh, perpetuated by then, at that point, though. But as far as how big it got, it uh, gets, in my opinion, credited to authors mostly. Well, we all we know that novel writers are good with wild imagination, imagination, but many of these writers... Uh, were actually quite popular and well-respected authors of their times. The mystery started catching attention in 1952 when George Sand wrote an article in the American Fate magazine, which deals mainly with paranormal stuff. Uh, He wrote about incidents like the famous Flight 19, a training flight of five torpedo bomber planes, all of which went missing during a routine training session in 1945, never returned. This article, See Mystery at Our Back Door, was one of the first to hint at paranormal elements in that area. In February of 1964, the author, okay, I enunciate that, author, Vincent Gaddis wrote an article, The Deadly Bermuda Triangle, in the American pulp magazine Argosy, Argosy, where he was the first to define the boundaries. In this article, he mentioned that Flight 19 and other incidents of disappearances in Bermuda Triangle fall into a pattern of strange events that cannot be overlooked. In 1965, he went ahead and expanded this article into a complete book and named it Invisible Horizons. But it was in 1974 when the bestseller The Bermuda Triangle by author Charles Berlitz was published took the world by storm. Nearly 20 million copies of the book were sold in 30 different languages. Copies are still being sold today. Berlitz was a believer of paranormal and tried to connect the lost city of Atlantis to the Bermuda Triangle uh, incidents and several disappearances to the extraterrestrial. Atlantis we need to tackle. But let's stay uh, focused on the triangle. Supposedly, Charles Berlitz, and we're going to look at everything here, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, whose family created uh, popular language courses, actually, first came to hear about the Bermuda Triangle from his travel agency who mentioned that uh, his customers want to avoid flying over that area. Nevertheless, this hugely popular book inspired many films, documentaries, TV shows, and authors to promote the tales around the Bermuda Triangle. With time, 
There have been attempts to explain the disappearances with innovative hypotheses, uh, taking help of science, natural phenomena, and even the paranormal. Or else we wouldn't be talking about it here. <laughs> uh, just as a kind of sampler, one such explanation is methane hydrates. Uh, what these are, highly inflammable crystal-like compounds can get trapped below the ocean floor. It's actually a phenomenon that is hypothetically uh, feasible. And if methane gas erupts from such hydrates, it lowers the density of water and the buoyancy it can easily sink a ship. While that might be remote and hypothetical possibility, it's never been seen or known to have happened in or anywhere near this area. Another theory is compass variation. It's said that Bermuda Triangle is a place where the compass points to the true north and the captains failed to make the necessary adjustments. The fact is, though... A compass always points to the magnetic north and not true north, the geographic north pole. There are a few points on Earth's surface, uh, such as a narrow channel in the Bermuda Triangle, where this difference becomes zero, and that's when they appear to be on a straight line uh, to a ship. Uh, that one kind of, uh, that's a stretch to me. If you're anywhere even near professional, you know, level of sailor, you're going to know about compass variation. Because unless a compass variation is adjusted by the captain, which that's part of his fucking job, the ship could land up miles away from its targeted destination. But the assumption that why some captains might not have done this is never answered. Uh, I think it's because it doesn't happen. <laughs> that's part of their job, man. Even in earlier days, all captains were well-trained and experienced in preparing the navigation charts, taking into account compass variation. It's a matter of routine practice. You swab the boop deck, you look for compass variation. It's just part of the job. A well-known part of the job. And there were also theories proposed around uh, some electronic fog that would appear from nowhere and engulf a ship or a plane and cause it to vanish. Another theory that became quite popular was, the Sargasso, uh, was about the Sargasso Sea, where nature's law apparently seemed to be different and unusual. Sargasso Sea is an area in the North Atlantic bounded by ocean currents on all sides, right in the middle of the triangle. The exceptionally calm sea, still winds along with vast, dense seaweeds that float on the surface here, would have stranded many sailing ships in at least the early days. Although several derelicts were found here, in modern days any ship can easily steam right through it. Uh, believers of paranormal brought in a lot of supernatural explanations to the incidents as well. Few of such bizarre theories included the mythical city of Atlantis that, you know, again, we won't go too much into that. Uh, that deserves an episode on its own. Apparently, it's still able to destroy ships and planes with its powerful crystal energy. Aliens capturing aircraft for experimentation. Time warp in the Triangle area, taking ships, planes, and people to another time and place, which has never been seen in any history books or old photographs, by the way. Though generations... Through generations, you know, the, the legend evolved and took on a mammoth shape of its own through various such hypothetical and imaginary explanations. It kept spreading rapidly through authors, TV channels. Everybody's heard of it. Everybody. Uh, it started encompassing stories such as aircraft ships, crew and passengers disappearing without a trace, even under normal weather conditions. Abandoned ships seen on sail, mysterious wrecks identified, electronic fog, engulfing planes, time portals transporting human beings to another time and place, so on, so on, so on. And um, gradually, and quite unfortunately, the, what some people believe, manufactured mystery around the Bermuda Triangle became a reality in the minds of millions. But what are the facts? 
let's look at them. As, as, as I said, well, that's what we do on Strange Places. We look at everything. And at the end, kind of determine if this, uh, whatever we're talking about, requires some more study or if it's bunk. Well, from what I've gathered, and I've, I've done a lot of research on this, man. <laughs> I really do my homework. The facts are kind of far from what I've seen that has been genuinely uh, perpetrated by the books and media. I mean, many stories and myths have been created by writers through sheer speculation, imagination, and grossly erroneous research, based on what I found. Documented evidence through scientific research shows that in most cases where adequate information could be gathered for investigation, it was found that the incidents were caused due to either equipment failure, human error, or violent weather conditions. Many reputable sources have completely debunked the idea of any mystery behind Bermuda. What do we say? Uh, let's look at a couple of really big ones and kind of piece it together. Okay, let's see what we can find. This is all based on my research. This is stuff you can go and find out for yourself too. But uh, since I already did the work, I'll tell you. Lawrence David Kush was an American research librarian at Arizona State University. He was also the pilot himself and an author. Uh, he published the famous book, The Bermuda Triangle Mystery, Solved, in 1975. The book was a result of his extensive research on numerous incidents, over 50, that reportedly took place in Bermuda Triangle between 1840 and 1973. Most of his research was based on referring newspapers of the periods, um, checking out meteorological—why uh, can't I say that? Meteorological reports— <laughs> Of the days the incidents took place, interacting with uh, naval officers, crew, etc. Here are his official findings. The total, the total number of such incidents in the Triangle is nothing unusual in a place where tropical cyclones or hurricanes are quite common. The study also showed that number of incidents in the Bermuda Triangle is not significantly more, matter of fact, it's less, compared to other ocean areas, considering the fact that this ocean area is one of the most heavily traveled ocean channels in the world. That needs to raise an eyebrow. Cooch also pointed out that several authors had misconceptions, made faulty observations, and wrongly reported a lot of incidents that are documented to create sensation. In fact, many incidents actually took place outside the area. Some incidents reported actually did not take place at all. For example, in 1937, a plane crash was reported off Daytona Beach. The local newspaper report as well as every other report, suggested nothing of the sort. The research showed, and mine as well, showed numerous incoherent and inaccurate information in Charles Berlitz's account of his mentions of eyewitnesses and other participants. In one case that I found, Berlitz misreported a ship disappearing three days after it left a port in the Atlantic, while the fact was the ship actually left a port of the same name from the Pacific Ocean, <laughs> which was 3,000 miles away. And it got reported in his book as irrefutable fact. In another case, Charles Berlitz uh, misreported that Donald Crowhurst, the yachtman who participated in Golden Globe Race in 1968, disappeared without a trace. It was clear from the logbooks that I saw scanned and put on the internet and other documentation found in the boat that Crowhurst committed suicide because he was not in a position to complete the circumnavigation of round-the-world yacht competition and thought he would face humiliation and financial ruin. Charles Berlitz... And other writers often cited incidents taking place in calm waters, although it was clearly evident from the meteorological reports, I said it right, that the ships encountered strong cyclones or storms. Sometimes 
a ship's disappearance was reported, but its return, although belated, was not. Coach came to the conclusion that the Bermuda Triangle is a manufactured mystery. There's no real mystery about it. And most of the incidents were either mere accidents or results of violent weather, human error, equipment failure, or were simply misreported, sometimes deliberately. Uh, Coach later noted that Charles Berlitz's research was kind of sloppy. If uh, he were to report that a boat were red, he would change it to blue. Ooh, that's a jab. (laughs) I didn't see that in my research. (laughs) Uh, Carl Krasnicki. Kruzelnicki. Kruzelnicki? We'll just say that. Carl Kruzelnicki is a well-known Australian author and a science communicator. I should have wrote that down phonetically because I had it, but I don't know where it is. I'm, I'm professional. Uh, <laughs> I've started to do that, right? Like difficult last names and places down phonetically. But uh, yeah, apparently I like to lose stuff. So anyway, during his interview with news.com.au in 2017, he claimed that there is no mystery behind the Bermuda Triangle at all. Um, Some of the points he made are as follows. It's close to the equator, near a wealthy part of the world, America. Therefore, you have a lot of traffic. He explained that considering the heavy traffic of planes and ships across there, there's nothing out of the ordinary about the number of incidents that took place in this area. Why? Because statistically, a matter of fact, it's lower than any other body of water as far as planes and ships going down. He referred to the Lloyds of London and the U.S. Coast Guard's consistent statements that there is nothing unusual in the Bermuda Triangle when one compares such incidents with any other area on a percentage basis. He also found the disappearance of Flight 19, the training flight, you know, of five Avenger bomber planes, the famous one, created a widespread menace and further propelled the mystery around the Bermuda Triangle. Vincent Gaddis published his book, The Deadly Bermuda Triangle, in 1964. I like the title where he put forth his own account and theories around it and mentioned that the planes vanished in ideal flight conditions. Kruzel, I can't do this, man. Kruzelnicki clarified that the weather wasn't fine at all. As a matter of fact, there were 49-foot waves reported at the time. He further stated that the flight squadron leader, Lieutenant Charles Taylor, arrived with a hangover, flew off without a watch, and had a history of getting lost and was actually written up for it twice for ditching his plane. Yes, he had a habit of ditching his plane twice and got written up for it. The radio transcripts clearly indicated that Taylor was hopelessly lost and did not take the advice from his junior pilots to fly in the right direction. He ignored them. The planes eventually ran out of fuel and ditched into the foaming sea in the darkness. And what I found myself, I'll give you some of my own research that I'd state claim to I found out personally that two rescue seaplanes, PBM Martin Mariners, were sent for the Flight 19 search operation. Gaddis, um, he mentioned this somewhat, but he was kind of vague about it. So I decided to really focus on this as far as research. What I found out, it didn't vanish without a trace. It didn't. It was seen to explode, actually. A tanker off the coast of Florida observed this. Oil slicks and debris were found near the area. In fact, the PBM Martin Mariners were known to be prone to explosion due to gas leakage when the tanks were full. I I found this out. The U.S. Navy grounded all the Mariner seaplanes of this model after this incident. So there's that, too. Now, there's a cat named Michael Barnett. He's a marine biologist and a scuba diver who busted the myths surrounding the coal ship SS 
Cotopaxi? Cotopaxi? It disappeared in 1925. Couldn't be traced for over a century. But <laughs> November 29th, okay, 1925, Cotopaxi carried 3,800 tons of coal and 32 crew. It was reported lost on its way from Charleston to Havana. Uh, this incident fanned the myth of the mystery so much that the ship reappeared in Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Remember? It was that ship. Uh, shown intact in the Gobi Desert, <laughs> which is beautiful. I mean, that's an awesome part of the movie. But you know, that was the ship. And I just hit the microphone. I hope that mixes out. Bar <laughs> Barnett had first located Cotopaxi back in 2010, actually, during one of his scuba diving trips. It's uh, currently lying off the coast of St. Augustine, Florida, and mostly buried in sand about 100 feet below the surface. The wreck is known as the Bear Wreck, he wrote about his findings in the book Encyclopedia of Florida Shipwrecks, Volume 1, Atlantic Coast, published in 2013. But it didn't get much attention then. Now, in January 2020, when the Cotopaxi started making headlines again in well-known uh, media channels, Barnett teamed up with the Science Channel to document his discovery and findings in a series named Shipwreck Series, which premiered in February and nailed the story. Here's what I... Uh, I don't know. You want my opinion? I'll give it to you. A lot of times there's numerous shipwreck accidents or a missing aircraft, and the Remina Triangle kills a story. That's not the story. That's an excuse, right? I mean, no one really wants to look for it. And then you say, oh, it's lost in the Bermuda Triangle. But in actuality, there are very real circumstances, I think, that led to these sinkings or disappearances. And without actually finding the wreck, you won't actually know the real cause and the real drama that unfolded, Right. The real story is what happened to the crew, the passengers. So I think that's, in that particular case, uh, you know, I'm going through step by step on my own research here, and we're still finding nothing. Let's keep going. Lloyd's of London has a marine insurance market. Uh, they're like an insurance market for ships, right? They insure ships on voyage. When Lloyd's was asked by a UK television channel, in 1992, if they noted unusual number of ships sinking or getting lost in the Bermuda Triangle, they responded that the so-called disappearances were not large in number, matter of fact, less than any other place, even they verified it, and nothing unusual compared to any other ocean areas. They further confirmed that they do not even charge higher rates to cruise lines for voyages that go through there. The U.S. Coast Guard, I'm going to ignore what they say because I don't trust the fucking government. I don't care what they say. It just... Whenever I see any government institution talking about anything, I just skip it because we don't need it. In my opinion, we don't need it. When the tanker SSVA fog exploded and sank in 1972, a Triangle writer published that all bodies had disappeared except that of the captain who was seen in his cabin clutching to his coffee cup. In reality, the U.S. Coast Guard uh, stated that several bodies were recovered and further... The tanker sank off the coast of Texas and nowhere near Bermuda. And we don't need the government to prove that. I found that out on my own. Uh, a study that I also found uh, conducted in 2013 for WWF. Yeah, yeah, you heard it. WWF. It's actually called the Worldwide Fund for Nature, but yeah. Why, why don't they just call it the WWFN? <laughs> anyway, they reported that that's pretty awesome, though. Ten, uh, <laughs> the 10 most accident-prone ocean areas in the world for shipping. Bermuda Triangle isn't even on the list. In fact, based on the accidents reported, uh, <laughs> they, 
It's true. The the Worldwide Fund for Nature, the WWF, they found out that the Bermuda Triangle is actually one of the safest places to send shipping barges through. <laughs> that's a uh, that's an eye opener there. Now the island of Bermuda is at one corner of the triangle, right? The island, uh, let's look at this place, is uh, located about 665 miles off the nearest landmass of the U.S. East Coast, um, kind of like Cape Hatteras in North Carolina. It's known that over 300 shipwrecks are on the seafloor surrounding Bermuda. That includes prominent ones like the Constellation, the Cristobal Colon, the Mary Celeste, the Montana, and Zingda, and a lot more, many of which have now become popular scuba diving sites. So why have so many ships? This is you know something that people always go to with Bermuda Triangle. We have to look at this, and we got to be able to talk about it. Why? Have so many ships found their graveyard around Bermuda? The answer, in my opinion, from what I found out, is simple. It's simple. 200 square miles of water is full of reefs. Reefs <laughs> to a ship, to a plane, to your soft and squishy human foot is like a tower of razor blades. Okay. Now, aside from that, in the early days... Reefs created severe hazards for ships when the captains had to mainly depend on compass and charts for navigation. Reefs rising from the bottom of the sea, uh, hidden below the water surface, just tore apart the hulls of ships that passed over them, just ripped them to shreds. These days, with advanced GPS navigational systems, captains can easily navigate around the hidden reefs, and such accidents haven't taken place in many years since the use of GPS, which is about how long we've heard of anything, you know, going down at the Bermuda Triangle. There you go. So, I mean, if you're interested to know about the wrecks that lie sunken in the water, <clears throat> excuse me, around Bermuda Island and the stories behind them, I recommend a book called Shipwrecks Around the Islands of Bermuda. It's awesome. Now, what about the major incidents, okay? The famous ones. We got to look at these because these are the ones that people say prove the Bermuda Triangle mystery, right? One of them being the USS Cyclops. Uh, most, as aside from having the most badass name for a ship ever, the disappearance of cargo ship Cyclops with 309 crew on board resulted in the single largest loss of lives in the history of the U.S. Navy. It started from Barbados with a full load of magnanese ore that was scheduled to reach Baltimore on March 13, 1918, but it never got there. Sometime after March 4th, 1918, it was considered lost at sea. Although the exact reason is still unknown until now, some experts suggest that it could be due to heavy storms, causing it to capsize. Others say it could be due to wartime and enemy activities, whatever. The most acceptable of all the reasoning that I found, the damn thing had a structural failure due to overloading and fucking sank. In fact, two of its sister ships, which nobody mentions... The Proteus and uh, Nereus, they were lost in the North Atlantic during World War II. Both of them were carrying uh, similar heavy metallic ores. The Proteus, as a matter of fact, which had the same weight rating, fucking sank because it was overloaded. And it had a bit of a structural uh, failure to it. It wasn't made to carry that much shit. Mary Celeste being another one. 103-foot brigantine. And many misadventures, even before her mystery voyage <laughs> happened in 1872. Doesn't take a genius to find all that shit. But this time, although the ship could be salvaged, no one on board could ever be traced. 
On December 4th, 1872, it was found abandoned at sea. Um, to date, there's been no theory that really explains this one. Um, a greater mystery, I think, is how and why this incident somehow got connected to the Bermuda Triangle in the first place. <laughs> That's the mystery that I attach to the Mary Celeste. After all, I mean, the abandoned ship was found between uh, Aorus and Portugal, okay? 590 miles west of Gibraltar. Last I checked, that's nowhere near Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> the Ellen Austin is another one. American schooner, right? Met with an unknown ship in 1981 on the Atlantic during its voyage from London to New York. Strangely, the unknown ship had nobody on board, although it was seaworthy. The captain of Ellen Austin sent his salvage crew to the unknown ship and asked them to sail together to New York. However, according to reports, the unknown ship disappeared after two days during a storm. It reappeared after a few days. This time, nobody on board. According to Larry Cooch, Kush, Kush, <laughs> K-U-S-H-E. Again, I lost my phonetic pronunciation sheet. See, the way I'm talking today, it wouldn't matter anyway. The <laughs> Uh, the above could be substantiated through research and particularly from a book from a retired Navy commander, Rupert Gould, where he detailed the incident. However, no further info could be retrieved on the matter. And this could remain a mystery, this one. Uh, this one, uh, Ellen Austin, legit mystery in my opinion, which I think is way more fascinating than the Mary Celeste. We got to check that one out sometime. Uh, there's another case of an abandoned and stranded vessel which created one of the biggest maritime mysteries ever. While returning from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, to Portland in May of January 1921, it was found abandoned and derelict at Diamond Shoals off of Cape Hatteras in North Carolina. All the 11 crewmen, including the captain, were missing, never found. Several explanations have come up to the surface. Life, uh, lifeboats were gone, too. You don't see that in any of the Bermuda Triangle books. And the Coast Guards assumed that the crew and the captain felt like it was a doomed ship, fled the lifeboats, lost at sea. Another explanation, Daring could have been a victim of piracy, actually, at a time when illegal and prohibited rum uh, running trade was prevalent. An unknown ship, often referred to as the steamer Hewitt, was witnessed, following Daring's route and ignored the signals of a light ship near Cape Lookout. It's said that this unknown ship would have cleaned out the entire crew. Again, somewhat of a mystery, more than likely pirates. Now, the big one, the granddaddy, right? The big papa of the Bermuda Triangle, Flight 19. Five Avenger planes, five of Flight 19 took off from the U.S. Naval Base in Fort Lauderdale, located in Florida for a routine training session, December 1945. The squadron was to fly 141 miles east, 73 miles north, and then go back 140 miles to complete the circuit. Never came back. The final report, and this is independent, this is not from the fucking Navy, suggested that navigational error was the cause. Planes ran out of fuel, this is the same one we talked about earlier, and were ditched into the rough sea by one of these guys who had a habit of ditching planes, in fact. The flight squadron leader, Charles Taylor, had a history of getting lost and ditching planes. <laughs> Which I think says a lot to this incident. The radio transmission also verified that he did not listen to the trainee's suggestion. Why? Because he was a trainee to correct the path and fly in the right direction. Okay? Instead of being confused, he chose to continue in the wrong direction. Ran out of fuel. 
the PBM Martin Mariner, which we talked about. It was <laughs> one thing that I found out in my research that I think I should mention. It was nicknamed the Flying Gas Tank. <laughs> The Navy grounded all these things because uh, they were known to just explode, uh, which I haven't seen in any Bermuda book, but took about five seconds to find it when I researched it online. I'm just saying, okay? The USS Scorpion, which had the second most badass name ever <laughs> of any ship, of <laughs> uh, second behind the Cyclops. Hey, you, you take your pick as to which one's cooler. It was a nuclear-powered sub. Uh, U.S. Navy, and it disappeared in May of 1968. Although the wrecks were found and the incident is often related to the Bermuda Triangle, in reality, it occurred by Africa, <laughs> not in the Bermuda Triangle at all. And in fact, you see the USS Scorpion in almost every publication regarding the Bermuda Triangle, and it did not happen there. That says a lot, man. The Star Tiger. Okay, now we found the third most badass name ever. <laughs> For a ship, man. On Gen that's pretty badass. On on January 30, I'm gonna name my uh, I'm gonna name my starship in No Man's Sky the Star Tiger in honor of you, man. That's a wicked ass name. I like that. On January 30th, 1948, the Star Tiger, a Tudor Mark IV aircraft operated by British South American Airways, disappeared from the radar while flying in from Aor shortly before it was about to land at the Bermuda Airport. Due to strong headwinds, it was flying at a critically low altitude of 2,000 feet. No margin for any human error or faults in any equipment. And they're saying that this thing met some kind of ghastly fate. Matter of fact, it's extremely low altitude. I read online and I read from some of the reports, third-party reports, that you have to be the best pilot on the planet to be able to get yourself out of that situation in a two-door Mark IV, which is like uh, they considered it uh, like a flying fucking tank the way that it maneuvers, or doesn't maneuver, I should say. Aircraft Douglas DC-3 left San Juan in Puerto Rico on December 28, 1948 for Miami. It disappeared when it was only 50 miles south of Florida and about to land in Miami. A massive search operation was launched within a few hours. The weather was fine, sea was calm, and so shallow, a matter of fact, that this part of the large sunken objects could be seen on the bottom. Hundreds of ships, hundreds, and search planes combed the whole area, no trace was found. A Civil Aeronautics Board investigation reported that insufficient information was available and, that, and the, there was no cause for the disappearance. So here's another one. Flight DC-3 that we've been unable to explain. So that one is legit unexplained. We have Flight 441. Another one. <clears throat> That's another one that we have no explanation for. See, I'm giving you all pieces of the information here. The debunking and the stuff we just, uh, just flat out mysterious. Another one we can't explain is the Sulphur Queen. 524-foot carrier. Set sail on February 2nd, 1963 from Beaumont, Texas to Norfolk, Virginia. 39 crew. Full load of molten sulfur kept at 275 degrees Fahrenheit. You would think that this uh, scenario would be easy to explain considering what they were carrying but it was reported lost in the Florida Straits on February 4th. The search was huge, and it resulted in nothing but a few life jackets and little debris. After one hell of an investigation, actually one of the longest in maritime history, the Coast Guard came out with nothing. Didn't even try to explain it. But what's the reality? It's well known that... Marine and airway channels across the Bermuda Triangle remain one of the busiest and most commercially used routes in the world. If it was so dangerous, there'd be a hell of a lot more, man. 
They're used extensively by numerous cruise lines and airlines connecting the USA, Europe, Caribbean, Bermuda, South America, Africa. Want me to keep going? <laughs> you think this would have been possible if the Triangle area played foul with the ships and planes passing across this area and more than in other ocean areas? You think the numbers would be astronomical? Since this is one of the busiest ocean, ocean channels, there should have been more likelihood of accidents here than in places where there's much less traffic. As already mentioned, the Bermuda Triangle doesn't even figure in the top 10 most accident-prone ocean areas in the world. As a matter of fact, it's one of the safest. Bermuda, with its own charms and attractions, I'll say, is located at one corner of the Triangle. It's one of the top island destinations in the world, with lovely pink sandy beaches and really good-looking babes on the beach. <laughs> it's babe heaven over there, okay? But what I'm getting at, aside from the babes... What I'm really getting at is the meat of it. 650,000 tourists visit Bermuda every fucking year. Cruise ships, airplanes, how do you think they're getting there? The tourists mostly arrive from the U.S., U.K., Canada. The rest are from various other parts of the world. They all cross the Bermuda Triangle by cruise ship or by plane. Bermuda could not have been a top island destination in the first place. If the triangle behaved mysteriously by any means, or if the safety of tourists in Bermuda was in question. And the same is the reality with the other two corners of the triangle. Puerto Rico, come on. It's one of the most popular island destinations in the Caribbean. Warm climate, better looking babes even than Florida. Location, rich history, and bananas. And of course, very few beaches in the world can match Miami when it comes to the popularity of babes, I mean beaches. <laughs> so, um, considering there are legit mysteries surrounding the Bermuda Triangle, and after doing my own homework, which is very easy for you to do, by the way, records were very well kept, and you don't have to find everything to prove everything. After a while, man, you just kind of, your eyes start kind of start glazing over as you're looking for anything that could prove this. But you're going to... You find so much to the contrary. You do. Uh, I, if The Bermuda Triangle, if it was so dangerous, it's either something that's inactive now or it never existed in the first place. The ocean is a weird place, man. We've explored so little of it. We know less about our oceans than we do about outer fucking space. And I grew up in San Diego. I've been in the middle of that ocean many times. I'm talking middle of the fucking ocean where you cannot see the shore. And, you know, the <laughs> I grew up in the 80s, man. Early 90s. Not everybody had a GPS on the damn ship. You know what I mean? You're out there, middle of the ocean, okay? No land to be seen, no nothing. The ocean is a mysterious place. We don't know everything about it. I think the ocean holds a lot of secrets that we're going to maybe find out later, some that we'll probably never find out. It's a weird place. And I can't really explain how it feels unless you're on this tiny little boat right in the middle of it. And knowing that beneath you is way more than what's up top. It's a weird feeling. It is. You feel like you're riding on the back of something primordial. And I'm not you know, trying to sound poetic here or anything. I couldn't if I tried, trust me. <laughs> but that's how it feels. 
I've been on the ocean many times. And a lot of people say, oh, I've been to the ocean. Uh, did you take a ship, you know, miles and miles out? Huh? And then you look down, you see nothing but black down there. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. That's the best way I can describe it. You're riding on the back of the turtle. You're on the back of something ancient, primordial, when there were no stars in the sky to count. You know what I'm talking about? It's, uh, it's a weird feeling. The ocean is very mysterious, and I do think it holds a lot of secrets. Is the Bermuda Triangle one of them? <clears throat> I don't think so. Because what I found out myself, I mean, I don't have, I'm not relying on these other reports. This is stuff I found on my own. And it's only corroborated by what they found. It was started by writers. The legend was started by authors, man. People who made their money selling, uh, you know, <laughs> exciting and fun to read shit. That's not 100% of it. But when you look at, this is Bermuda, brother. You know, <laughs> this is Puerto Rico. This is Miami. This is fucking Bermuda. How many people go through the Bermuda Triangle every year? What'd they say? 650,000? And a lot of these incidents that you find in official publications, what I keep going back to is a lot of these accounts that you find in official publications having to do with the Bermuda Triangle. I'm talking about books and shit. Some didn't happen in the Triangle at all. That is enough for me to say debunked next. That's what I'm saying. Bermuda Triangle, I'm debunking it. I don't see that there's any uh, incidents there that happen above any other place. As a matter of fact, as far as shipping, it's one of the safest places to sail. <laughs> Planes, same deal. And a lot of these were caused by just these pilots that were really good and knew what the hell they were doing and stuff, but they just, in some cases, got a little too fucking cocky. And... That they had their shit together. Just happened to be in the Bermuda Triangle. I think a couple of these are coincidences. There are a few mysteries in here, but the sheer number on the other side, uh, it tells your common sense brain that since the scale is weighed down so far on the side of explanation, these got to have explanations too. So Bermuda Triangle, I'm not convinced, man. Unless something crazy comes out and we prove something, I'm debunking it. So what do you think about the Bermuda Triangle, huh? It's fascinating to talk about. It really is. It's a fascinating story. It is um, some great seeds and kernels. If you're a science fiction writer or you write stories or got a cool idea for a horror thing, a video game, whatever, Bermuda Triangle is a great place to go. Because you can you can make up so much like so much cool narratives about the Bermuda Triangle. It's a fascinating story and it's fun to talk about. But what do you think? Did I miss some crucial details? Going to blow this whole thing wide open. Let me know, and we'll re-examine this. We'll throw that evidence on the pile and see what we come up with. Did I miss something? What do you think about about the Bermuda Triangle itself? Huh? Let me know. Go on asylum817.com. That's asylum817.com for all things strange places related. All the social media links are there, as well as a link to get to our Patreon account, where you can get things from early access to shows, bonus episodes, giveaways at certain tiers, all kinds of crap. So check it out. And even, you know, just consider even a dollar a month, man, helps me out. Shout out to the patrons who do. The Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel, Donald Peterson, Donald Peterson, Donald Haynes, David Peterson. Why do I always fuck your guys' names up? Probably because your first names start with a D. Donald Haynes, who 
is on the No Disclosure podcast once a week. I show, should know his fucking last name, right? David Peterson, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Thank you for being patrons. Thanks for making this thing go. I really do appreciate it. So just you listening to the show is, uh, I get paid for that. You know, more than enough through the sponsors, and I really appreciate it. Just your listenership is great. If you want to do a little extra, even a dollar a month, Check it out. Patreon.com slash Asylum817, okay? Patreon.com slash Asylum817. I will catch you guys later on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. And yeah, uh, you guys have a good one. Now, are we ever going to run out of strange places? I don't think so. Because every town has a strange place. And maybe one day, we'll visit yours. Strange Places podcast is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is the place for an independent or unsigned musician to get their music on every streaming platform imaginable. If you want your music out there for the world to hear, look no further. See, I'm picky with sponsors. If someone contacts me to be a part of this thing, I want it to be a company and a product that I actually use myself on a regular basis. All of my albums and singles that I've ever released have been through DistroKid, so believe me when I tell you they are the real deal. I've been a musician for a long time, and when I say that DistroKid gives you 100% of your royalties, I still feel like I need to pinch myself. The industry does not work that way. For only 20 bucks a year, yeah, you heard me right, 20 bucks a year, you can upload unlimited music you made and get it out everywhere people stream music. My albums are worldwide, yours should be too. By going to the link provided in this episode's description, you get 7% off the first year of the already insane measly 20 bucks a year. You'll be supporting the show and getting your music heard, so check out the affiliate link in this episode's description. Thanks, DistroKid, for being a part of Strange Places and for giving this old dog an audience.